Welcome to today's episode of Veteran Voice. In this podcast, we help service members and veterans tackle their transitional challenges with one topic and one episode at a time. My name is Gary. And I am Jose. We are the co-hosts of Veterans Voice NYC. Joining us today, he is an Army veteran served from year 1997 to 2004 as an diesel mechanic, also known as 63 Sierra. He is here today to allow us to pick his brain on becoming a successful master traceman. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Pete. Hey, how are you guys? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That was boring. I expected more. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Jose, lead us to our topic for today. Our topic today focuses on trade skills after exiting service. If college is not your thing, but you're looking to gain a new skill, this episode is for you. That's right there, Pete. Lead us to your timeline, like from the moment you joined the Army and to where you are right now. Sure. Well, I born and raised in New York in the Bronx, around my Bronx kid. So I was looking to, you know, better myself. I was working for the Smithsonian at the time. I was a maintenance mechanic, and I worked with the Smithsonian for about eight years total. Long story short, I was there, and I just felt like I I needed to do something better with myself. So I wanted to go to college, and my alternative was join the military. So I joined the military to get some GI Bill money, and went through basic, came back, and I decided to go to take up HVAC. And so after I started that trade, it's done me well, especially now looking at uh, this COVID thing going on and essential workers and people losing jobs and homes and everything. It's, it's insane. And, and I'm thankful that I chose the profession that I did. When I came out of basic, I, I went to college. And I took up HVAC technology, two-year associate degree. And the crazy thing is that with an associate degree, I was able to land great jobs and make good money, mm-hmm. and which is what uh, helped me land the job that I have now. And you so, went to National Guard or Reserve? I was National Guard, yes. And then we got activated back in '03. Mm. Um, so I was in for a year doing convoys back and forth from Kuwait to Iraq. I was, a, you know, he's a mechanic. And so do convoys back and forth, you know. Were you made out of your mind that time that you want to do only one term National Guard and that will be all and then come back out? Well, no, believe it or not. The reason why I got out is because when I was overseas, my wife got really sick. Her nerves just worrying and, and she started suffering from uh, ulcerative colitis and Mm -hmm. this is like Crohn's disease and so when I came back home I promised I wouldn't make her go through that again so I got out I finished my term it was an eight-year term and Mm -hmm. they let me get out a year early due to my service overseas so throughout the seven years that you did your employment with the military how much of your actual job did you do from the training you received Well, obviously in the military, I was a diesel mechanic and I didn't choose to do that for a living. Basically, the reason why I chose diesel mechanic was because uh, back when I was uh, a teenager and I I went to school, I took up auto mechanics. So when I joined the military, I I took up diesel mechanic just to, you know, broaden my knowledge in just vehicles uh, in general. And so I did diesel mechanic, but as while I was in the National Guard, as I mentioned previously, I was working for the Smithsonian, and I was a maintenance mechanic. I did everything from carpentry, plumbing, electrical work, and I used to work 
somewhat a little bit with the HVAC department, and I really like that. So that's why I chose that trade. Okay, I want to hit, hit you off on that since you mentioned the HVAC. Enlighten me more on that. Like, what job were you doing in HVAC, or what just like lit the light bulb in your head that you were like, man, this is cool. I want to learn more about it, and I want to have a future in this. Basically, I was doing some studies on the best jobs and the best money makers in, in, in the world. Number one was the food industry, chefs and that sort of thing. And the second was HVAC. Uh, for those who don't know what HVAC is, it's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. And it's slash refrigeration because refrigeration falls in that category. And okay. so uh, being the number two money maker in the world, I said, I, I'll, I'll be be okay if I, if I do HVAC and yeah. not so much for that for the money thing but I wanted to do something I like I've always liked tinkering with things fixing things mechanic and tools and all that good stuff so that's why I chose HVAC so you like working with your hands yes I do gotcha and so from there was it easy for you to hop on it I wouldn't say it was easy but at the same time I mean I might sound a little crazy it wasn't hard and I'd say it was challenging there was a few things I had to kind of wrap my mind around but for the most part not so you were in the National Guard presumably we just assume right now that you you have a full-time job outside the National Guard you were kind yes. of have some experience you would do that for the weekend and then aside from you being deployed to Kuwait you're coming back and you still have another job waiting for you. Is that the case for you? That was the case. When I came back uh, from overseas, I did have my job. Now, mind you, when I went overseas, I already started working in the HVAC field. Mm. And I okay. was with the employer for nine months. Mm. And nine months after you know starting the HVAC field, um, I, I was activated. My unit was activated. And so when I came back, I did have my job. How long overall t until today you've been in this field? 20 years, roughly. I think. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah, 20 years because in, in 2001 was I, when I started. So, wow, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Years, wow, yeah. Oh, no, yes. <laughs> that's, that's really good. Okay, I want to follow your timeline. So you got out of service and now you're transitioning back in the, to the civilian world. As you came back home, what were you looking for? as you stepped into your new career? Well, as I stepped into my new career, it was a rough time because being away from my family that year, it was rough. I had my third oldest daughter. She just started Head Start and she was just starting school and I missed all that. And so I missed a lot growing up, my kids. And, and that year, a lot happens. And so long story short, when I came back home, that year when I came back home, I was desperate, wanting to do for my family. And there were changes where I lived at. I grew up in the Bronx, so you see a lot of stuff, crime and all that. And I was really anxious and desperate to just get out of there. And so uh, I, I hit my boss up with a request for a raise. And he liked my work so much that he he was close to what I was asking. And, and uh just wanting a house and getting out of where I lived at. And thankfully, I chose the trade that I did because uh, I was getting paid well enough that, uh, you know, I was able to afford to buy a house. And I bought a house in Pennsylvania. I've been here 16 years now. And, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm loving it. So you say you're loving it. Tell us something that the pros, the pro side of this, of your gig. Well, the, the pro side of it is I'm in the business of human comfort. People need 
refrigeration. We can't do without preserving. We need heating. You know what I mean? And that's the funny thing because like a lot of people say, well, you do air conditioning. That's not all year round. But you know what? Guess what? Yes, it is because refrigeration falls in that category. It's the same components, just different builds, but it's the same thing. You're dealing with refrigerants. You're dealing with uh, uh, cooling uh, uh, systems. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great, especially as I mentioned before. This COVID thing and essential jobs and people losing their jobs, losing their homes, their businesses. I feel blessed, man. You know, I've been able to, you know, provide for my family through the work that I chose. Is a high demand in terms oh, yeah. of like, is, a, is well two two way is it the man on your body and is it the man in the industry? The demand on your body. Let's put it this way: the great thing about the HVAC field, it's such a broad. There's just so many avenues to choose from. You can specialize, just like an automobile mechanic. If you, if you understand cars and, and automobiles, you can be a, a transmission specialist. Or you could be an electromechanic where you just deal with the electronics. You can be work for Meineke and do just brakes and mufflers, that sort of thing. So in the HVAC business, it's the same thing. You can specialize in refrigeration. You can specialize in Heating, air conditioning, sheet metal, duct fabrication. This is control. That's, that's my expertise right there. Yeah, you could do controls. It's just so much. There's just so much you can do in this business. Now, mind you, if you're versatile in the business, then you never have to worry about work. You know? and, and that's how I started. So you were a jack of all trade. Yeah, yeah. And pretty much I started as an installer. And basically, uh, what that entailed was I would fabricate the, the sheet metal, the ductwork, and then I would go to a house and install the, the, the system. And at that time, my boss used to come and uh, do all the electrical work. So I felt hindered. I didn't like having to wait for him to do something. So he would come do the electrical, and I would, after he left, I would look throughout all the electrical systems and see what he did. and. I taught myself and so yeah, I started to get good at doing the controls and the electronics pretty much. Uh, you started with something outside, but then you're getting more and more like into oh, the yeah, internal yeah. I was mechanism. Yeah, yeah, right. So I would assume giving what you say about it, the man in your body, I won't, I won't say it's a hard job at the same time. Was that, is that fair to say that? It can be a hard job. And I say this only because there are times you have to get on a ladder and, and you know, and and climb up to a you know a 30 foot uh, ladder and get on a roof and, and carry heavy tanks and that sort of thing so it's not for the weak it's mm-hmm. not for the weak, not for the weak. Really it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough job but you know what life is tough and, and, I, and I believe that work hard and, and you know hey and to, to speak freely we're veteran we're doing so many stupid shit anyway so yeah 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 you know <laughs> and, well I, t- I tell you what the good thing about the job is that when you have the experience now you can lay back and you don't have to worry and say i can't do this job my whole life you can become an engineer and a stationary engineer and and, and be in a building and just monitor gauges and and, and temperatures and computer systems, make sure everything's running okay. And then if something breaks, you call an outside contractor. So that's the beauty of it. And like now, for instance, being in the business, I landed a job as a college teacher and I did that for six years. That was awesome. I, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't killing myself physically, 
Yeah, true. But the challenges were there as a teacher, as an instructor. You know, I was the department head. I was the director of the HVAC program. And I did everything from the syllabi to the curriculum to the test, the homework. Wow. The training. And then I had, I did that for two years myself. And then they hired adjunct instructors. So then after a while, I had three instructors under me. And that was, that was a challenge. So, so sticking on that note that you pretty much graduated from installer all the way become right now director of the department on the HVAC. How does one break into this field without any experience? Well, I would say that obviously it's not for everybody. You kind of have to have that drive, that thing where you like challenges. You like to figure things out. You like a challenge. And, and, and if you're someone who likes to play with tools, tinker with cars, and from a young age, you notice you like to grab tools and fix here and mess with the electrical switches and, and cars and that sort of thing, or anything having to do with carpentry, plumbing, electrical, any of that sort of thing, I'd say, hey, give, give it a shot. You won't, you, won't, you won't go wrong. You went to college for HVAC. Does, is that required? It's not a requirement, although there is a licensing that is required, and you need a, a refrigeration license, and they call they call it. That's a for hazmat license. reason the reasons though, right? Yeah, because you you're working with a refrigerant. Basically, you need to be certified in the use of refrigerant because uh, the refrigerant is a very dangerous chemical. Okay. I like the fact that you brought up all these positive things and challenges. So to play devil's advocate, I want to know what were the bad things that you went through? What what did you have to endure where you were just like, I don't care what happens. I'm going all in because this is where I want my success to be at. The challenges, and I'm sure other HVAC techs can agree, <laughs> is working in an attic, like when you're trying to install the Oh, I could imagine, especially in summertime. Work, yeah. Oh, you can reach 129 degrees. Holy and, cow! Yeah, Damn. and it can it can get really hot, and you, and especially if you're working on an attic where it's super hot and no air, you could work on top of the roof of a mall where you're fixing their air conditioning, and and obviously if you're fixing an air conditioner, it's hot outside, so that sun is beaming on you. And in the winter, if you're fixing somebody's boiler, obviously it's not working. It's cold. You're either in a cold basement or rooftop units, restaurants, supermarkets. If you're on top of the roof and it's in the middle of winter, you're cold. If it's rain, but there's ways around that. Like when it was raining, I would have a tarp. And mm -hmm. when it's cold, I had a heater and heated gloves, and you just have to be, you know, proactive and just. Uh, you you talk about a challenge when you're working. Was there any challenge you endure when you are becoming or entering the field? Yes. Yes. Great question. And, and, and my challenge was being, since I've always been electrically inclined, mechanically inclined, I, I always wanted to get into the service part of the field. And starting as an um, installer, I was so good at it that it was hard to get out of being an installer. Uh, the thing with installers, believe it or not, if you fabricate the ductwork and you do everything from ground up, a complete install, you're a very skilled person and you get mm -hmm. paid good for that. But the thing is that service techs are more respected and kind of seem like the more 
professional mm -hmm. within that trade. The hard part about it is that, okay, you have a degree in HVAC and you've been doing HVAC for so many years, uh, but you've been an installer, no, not much exposure to controls because to service this equipment, you have to have some knowledge base on electricity, electronics, and controls, and that sort of thing. I see. Knowing so, how to use a uh, referring back to the question I asked about, is it required for you to have a degree? But in this case, it required to have an understanding on how the fundamental electronic works for you to accelerate deeper in this field. Yeah, for, well, for you to get in this field, you have to have the EPA certification, which is being able to handle refrigerants. And there's, mm -hmm. there's the uh, type 1, type 2, and type 3. Type 1 covers residential, mm -hmm. type 2 covers commercial, type 3 covers industrial. And if you have type 3, that's your, uh, you know, you, you have to get all three to get a universal refrigeration license. And if you mm -hmm. have all three, that means you could do commercial, residential, industrial refrigeration. Now, as far as trying to get someone to hire you, I think the best thing you could do is go for a, like, you can do like a six month course. There's certificate programs out there that offer HVAC training. And if you have that sort of training, then you're more, you know, likely to land a job in the field. But Definitely, you need that refrigeration license. So the license are the gateway. Now, mind you, there's companies out there hiring guys without any of that. You know, they're willing to train you, and then if you your advice is if you can get it prior, get it first. Yes, yes, I would say so. That's like joining the military. You can join the military and work your way up in ranks. That's great, but if you get a college degree and then enter the military with a college degree, the benefits to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what right. I mean? So yeah, yeah get, get some schooling. Okay. Flip the page a little bit on this topic. I share with Jose, there is an article stating that 21st century, as we progress more and more, we always lean toward traditional college degree, meaning four-year degree that works on criminal justice or office job, whatnot. And Blue collar job like what you are doing, yep. those type of field are less and less applicant, less and less skill worker entering that kind of field. Would you recommend your four kids doing what you do? Well, being that I have four daughters, oddly enough, if any of my kids showed interest in it, oh, most definitely, I would encourage them. I would help them. I've I've, I've done side jobs, and I've had all my girls working with me. And I tell you what. I had one female student in my class when I was a teacher up at, uh, at the college. Mm. This girl put some of the guys to shame. Yeah, there right. are some that, that know more than males. It's funny you bring that up. It reminds me, I was in uh, Cherry Point, North Carolina, and I was actually the hazmat NCOIC, and I had a female Lance Corporal fapped over to my squad and I was asking for tools. I had, had no idea that her background, she was a Harrier mechanic. So she knows everything about the jet, take it apart, put it back wow. together. That's wow. her bird. And when I asked her to go get me a screwdriver, she was straight up just like, oh, what number do you need? And I never felt so stupid in my head because me being born and raised, <laughs> I'm not mechanically inclined at the time. And I was like, all I knew was screwdrivers, you either had a flathead or a starhead. 
and like i actually had to go online i was like wow i can't believe these coming numbers and from there on she was like you don't know nothing about cars or fixing stuff do you and i was like no grew up in brooklyn in the projects never had to fix anything and ever since then i made it a point in my life to learn more mechanical things that's, that's interesting. I didn't know Marie know how to learn. But anyway, that's a different topic. Now, does working on your field, like not going to traditional college, have you seen any kind of stigma behind that? That stigma that you're no, less educated? No, I can't say that I have. No, hmm. I can't say that. And you know, and the reason why I say that is because, as you can clearly see, I mentioned before, I was a, I was a college teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think that you need a master's degree to be a teacher, I had an associate's degree, but just having the two years schooling and my work background was enough to land a job. And I tell you what, I did good there. I had the year before I left, I had the highest enrollment numbers of of the school, all the trades there in the school. And and believe me, they had 10 plus trades in that school. And I had the highest enrollment numbers. Okay. Want to switch gear a little bit to Jose? You have a trade background too. I do. And how did you get in there? So I'd say exiting John Jay College with my bachelor's degree as a prior service Marine, I never put in a hundred percent full thought that the Air Force would accept me because they're what I perceived was a stigma that all Marines have PTSD. We're all crazy and we're all combat yeah. gun ho. Yeah. So I gave all my stuff to Air National Guard recruiter. I never thought too much about it. And it took about like two years, a lot of going back and forth between medical and waiver. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much I thought it was waiver after waiver. (laughs) And then I remember as a immigration officer working down in Philadelphia, he just called me up and he was like, hey, the CEO wants to see you. And I was like, for what? Like doing an interview or something? I was like, MEPS disqualified me. They said I'm blind and the guy didn't even want to help me do the eye test. He just just DQ'd me. And he was like, no. He was like, everything is good. Uh, We're going to swear you in today. I've never been so excited because I was like, wow, I can't believe I got a check in the box. And then as soon as they let me in, um, that's when I sat down with the recruiter. He was like, so uh, you have a degree. You have prior service. He was like, there's a bunch of options you can go in the Air Force. And he was like, do you want to do security forces? And I, straight off the bat, I was like, no, I already have four deployments. I don't want to go for deploy. I said, I, I want a trade skill because I want something that if, if if shit hits the fan, you want something that there's a foundation that the work is always there and you're guaranteed employment. Oh so God, he God. shows me all the trade skills and I ended up picking aircraft structural maintenance. And I just recently finished the schooling this May. And the first month getting educated on it, it like, again, I'm not mechanically inclined. In my mind, I knew the basics, hammer, screwdrivers, scissors, and all of a sudden you learn what a 40 drill bit is, one eighth (laughs) of an inch, a ruler is no longer called a ruler, it's a straight edge. And you learn how to measure from 30 seconds of an inch, 64 of an inch. My accuracy and measurement is phenomenal. I ended up building uh, a simulated wing, but from start to finish, it was great learning the, the the craft because you saw your work in front of you. And if you messed up, you have the ability to fix your mess up. And I found that more fundamentally challenging because some people accepted the below the level and you could see and you could tell the difference in the work. And what I found and saw 
is all prior service personnel that were in this training class, all of our work was superior because if you didn't like the way you drilled, you, you did it over. If you didn't like the way you rivet two pieces of metal together, you did it over. And I, I found out with the newer generation, if they can get away with a pass, they took the pass. But if you put a little bit more time, effort, and work in it, you gain the skill. So when you say oh, for your HVAC and you do sheet metal fabrication, that to me, that's phenomenal because that's something that I just finished my journeyman skill and an apprentice. And right now I'm going for a level five. And every time I work on a C-17, I'm probably the only one in my shop that I'm telling you, like my smile, I look like the Joker. If, like if I'm a, a psych psychotic maniac but in my mind i get to work on a, a bird and my work gets recorded for the rest of the natural life of that bird so i'm gonna die and the bird will be in, in military service longer than i would be but my work is gonna be recorded on that bird yeah thank you Jose, for sharing sharing that not a problem pete you kind of talked about that the individual needs to show interest on the work to really become successful any of those skills that you learn from the military, the hard skill from, from your schooling, translatable when you came out? Yeah, uh, translatable in the sense where you could be that we've all been in the military, you know, Jose, you myself, that uh, a lot of um, the military the schooling does transfer as credits. I never transferred any credits, but I will tell you that my experience, you mm -hmm. know, learning the, the diesel mechanic and a lot applies in the HVAC business, uh, keep in mind in, in, in cars, you have pumps, you have motors, you have switches, you have relays, you have, and that's all the same type components you have in HVAC equipment. You know, you have relays, you have motors, mm -hmm. you have pumps. Mm -hmm. and so it just made the learning easier, you know. Um, okay. Yeah. Now I want to be, you can say, tiny devil's advocate. I am a intel specialist in the Navy or Marine Army, but I have no whatsoever trade school behind me. And yet after I separate, I want to join the field. You kind of touched on it earlier, but where would I start? Like, how would I get that's, start that's, this that's journey? That's a good question right there. Well, I'll go back on when I was a, a teacher, how I would, the way I would do mm -hmm. things to train guys coming in who have never used a tool in their life. I personally feel anyone can learn this business. Mm -hmm. uh, you just have to like it, you know, it's like anything else, you know. Uh, I can train you to learn anything in this, in this thing. If you don't like it, you're not going to learn. It's going to be a, a, a challenge for you. So it's would like be math, math in right. school. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't much of a math guy. Like, give me dollar bills and I count. Yeah, yeah. I, I know <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, you know that algebra and all that good stuff. It, it's hard. You have to like it. Really so me going in the easiest way, as per what you're saying, maybe some form of formal training on, on the field, like classroom setting type, and then yeah. slowly evolve into hands on. Yeah, if you wanted to get into the business, I would go and take up a like a six month course, mm -hmm. uh, and they offer them everywhere. I mean, they're they're my goodness, there there's eight taxes. I mean, I'm talking when I was in New York, so I don't know yeah, yeah. who's going to be listening to this and where they're at geographically. But yeah, mm -hmm. there there's all type of HVAC courses out there. And uh, you can even go online and YouTube. You know, YouTube mm -hmm. is an amazing tool. 
Man, you YouTube is there. phenomenal. You learn so much from that. Oh, it really is. And you go on there and just look up HVAC basics. And hey, mm-hmm. it, it entails quite a bit. And it's kind of funny you say that. And I, I feel anyone can learn it. But you have to like it because it does entail quite a bit. It can mm-hmm. be a complex field. Right. And I'll be straight up to say that no one out there knows everything about human information. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's impossible because... There's so many, like I tell you, it entails so much such a broad business, heating, air conditioning, refrigeration, controls, you name it. There's so much, and it's constantly changing, and and it's it's insane. It really is. Now, to your best knowledge, does those training accept GI Bill? Yes, yes. Actually, the college uh, where I taught GI Bill um, was it was it a, a regular college or was it a vocational schooling? It was a uh, a tech technical college mm-hmm. okay okay so all vocational classes but it was like you earned a degree when you got out of there. so a technical institute yes and yeah. even when i went to college i, I went to pti in, in a technical career institute out of new york they're right across the street from madison square garden i i went there and they accepted the gi bill and, and any everyone accepts it anymore it, it's very yeah. rare i, I that i've got to say I, I i've heard that no one accepts the gi bill Okay. To speak freely on my mind, I thought about going to tech school at first before entering a traditional college. But what is going on with my mind was that why would I get two years of BH when I can get four year BH? Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking about this a quick money, you could say. You know, gotcha, BH gotcha. And that kind of polluted my mind. But luckily, I ended up getting the computer degree and then was able to manifest from there. But a lot of veterans, I'm not going to lie, just like they are looking at the BH money when they're picking the next journey after separating. I, I decided to go for the degree. I just mm-hmm. wanted to get a college degree. You know, I, I felt that it would be more valuable as opposed to getting a certificate or anything like that, any type of training like that. And it, it I, I, I've got to say it paid off because sadly, and there's guys I've worked with uh, who have been in the industry uh, 18 plus years when at the time I had six years of experience and I was making more money than them just because of my degree. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So, it, so so you would hang on to this statement that with the more, you can say, certification plus training you have, let's say the more schooling you have, it, it's going to be beneficial for you down the oh, road? Most definitely, yeah. Any, any business owner, any company is going to, is is gonna take value to to someone who's educated yeah most definitely now do you recommend going into this training at one shot take as many training certification before they have some real world experience do you recommend that or do you recommend break it down a bit if they can land a job in the trade while they're going to school which i've seen many many times i i know people i have friends who have who either started in the field and by educating themselves, they were going to get promoted, or they chose the field of study, and then they landed the job while they were going to school, and it just worked out. You know? So if you can do the two at the same time, I'd say you, you're gold. But definitely that's that's get awesome. Some kind of schooling, you know. Cool, oh, wonderful, nice. My last question would be. You have troops coming out that are exiting. Let's just say, hypothetically, you can be there mentally. So what 
advice would you give troops exiting service right now that they don't know if they want to go to a traditional college, they don't know if they want to go to work immediately, and they don't know if they want to go grab a trade skill? What advice would you give them on that, and why would you give them that advice? Well, I would say follow your heart, do what you like. It's not all about the money. You can land a job or go for a job where you think you're going to be happy because of the money or because you have the people say, hey, you're, you're going to make great money. I'd say follow your heart. Do, do what makes you feel good. You don't want to land a job that you're getting paid good money, but definitely... That's a true um, statement. Put, put, put something... Put forth a plan and, and educate yourself because, hey, there's a lot, a lot out there. Technology is advancing and educate yourself. You're within the spectrum of things just growing and, 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 and just follow your heart, man. Follow your heart, but definitely go to school. I admire that a lot. Most most people won't follow their passion and, and it's a true statement what you said. If If you wake up every day and you're going to work and, and you don't like what you're doing, but you're making a lot of money, you owe it to yourself to find what makes you happy and pursue that happiness. And some people don't realize the simplest thing that you're doing, somebody will employ you for it. And if they don't or won't, you can probably start your own business doing what you love to do. And many oh, people have done it themselves already. Oh, definitely. And to add to that, when I was in the military, and I would do these, uh, being that I was in the National Guard, I would do the, the, the week a month and the two weeks during the year. I, I met this young guy, and he was an electrician. And at the time, this guy was making 90000 a year. Now, think about this. 90000 a year is good money today. Yes. Yep. Okay, will we agree on that? Yes. Now, I'm talking 10 plus. Actually, I've been here 16 years. So it's got to be... I'd say 20 years ago, 20 years ago, this kid was making 90000 a year as an electrician, and he hated his job. Very good money. Yep. Yeah. Are you kidding me? 90000 I mean, come on. We're talking 20 plus years ago, and he hated his job. I couldn't mm -hmm. understand it for the life of me. But, mm -hmm. I, but at that time, when I was younger, but now as an adult, you know, I, person, you know, I can understand him. I could, I could understand him, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, follow your passion. You definitely get properly trained so that you can benefit from it because you could want to do something in your life and just being the level of the position where you might be might hinder you from growing or liking even your job because, you know, you, you lack in, in, in the knowledge of the business. It also sounds to me, Pete, that you, you talk about trusting your guts, follow your heart. It also saying you need to have your own self-sufficient mentality to learn about new skill and in a way more like help yourself first before you are getting help from other people. Because many of us, when we got out, we expect things to be handed to us, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah. And that mindset right there, right? You, you had the mindset to think about, hey, I wanted to break it out of the installation. I want to go get more. Um, not many of us have that when we first got out. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I would say educate yourself, especially once again, going back to the coronavirus and now this whole thing going on. I would say 
take advantage of the situation that's going on because again look at this whole thing where people weren't even allowed to go out and only essential workers i mean and as an essential worker blue collared workers fall in that category true so we're needed we're always we can't live once again we can't live without electricity we need electricity we need cars to move around we need we need mechanics we need you know people to build buildings people to maintain these buildings hey just be smart and do your research do your research and look at what an essential job under what category an essential job falls under that and, and see and, and and see what you might like doing you know Definitely. It's a little work, but hey, life ain't easy, so you're gonna have to yep, put yep. forth the effort and and, and, and and the commitment. Amen. Life ain't easy. Alrighty, Pete. That is all for us. Thank you so much for everyone listening, and we will have more episode coming up like this to talk about different trade, different direction after suffering from the service. And I don't have anything else. Jose, do you? No, that was it. Uh, great episode. Uh, thank you for taking the opportunity to meet with us, and thank you for sharing your experience and stories. Sure thing, sure thing, man. My pleasure. And uh, you guys take care. You guys are doing an awesome thing, man. Uh, keep on doing your thing. This is awesome. Alrighty, that is all. Thank you so much. Fallout.